Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-20. On this podcast, we're going to take a look at Revelation 13, 18 and the mark of the beast and how it appears to be manifesting itself through the many global events that we are all witnessing today. Stay with us for Real Israel Talk Radio next. Welcome to our podcast today. This is Avi Ben Mordechai. Today we're going to be talking about Revelation 13.18 and the Mark of the Beast. Revelation 13.18 tells us about a man whose number is 666. It reads as follows. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. Now, before I give you my thoughts on this dreaded number of the beast, I would like for us to remember something important and timely as it was spoken by Yeshua in Matthew 24, verse 4. And Yeshua answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. We must be vigilant and pay careful attention to what appears to be going on behind the scenes of this current global pandemic, or as some are calling it, a plandemic. It is not difficult to see that there is a colossal deception going on right in front of our noses. A fraud driving people to live with great fear for their health, their security, and the security of their families. At the same time, we are also witnessing assaults against world health, the world's economic stability, the elimination of man's essential freedoms of thought and physical movement, and a lot of party political chaos as arguments are proliferating through global left and right-wing politics. Now, socially, there is also a growing unrest amongst many who are aligning themselves with movements that are overflowing with frequent mantras to save the planet and save ourselves, or even perhaps let's overrun the government. Let's get things going new. We need to do it ourselves. Still, there are many others joining resistance groups to fight what they perceive to be a global climate change, government overreach, and now a controlling surveillance agenda of something that is called 5G technocracy. All this said, if we fail to pay attention to the contextual meanings of all that we are reading about in the biblical lessons and narratives of the Bible, then we of all people will most likely face a great risk to ourselves and to others in potentially getting swallowed up into a pool of deep state deceptions along with many billions of others in our world. 
Now, first, to help us understand this, I want us to take a look at 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one is in accordance with the working of Satan. This is a Hebrew term that means an opposer or one who is oppositional. He comes with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So what does it mean to have unrighteous deception and to have pleasure in unrighteousness? According to the Hebrew language and to the Hebraic foundations of the Bible, unrighteousness effectively means to be a believer in self-justification. That is, to embrace an ideology that seeks to establish personal self-justice through a belief in do-it-yourself salvation. If you want more details toward Hebraically defining these ideas that concern righteousness and unrighteousness, I would ask you to re-listen to the Real Israel Talk Radio two-part podcast, Defining Righteousness. The popular global ideology that all of us can collectively build a new and better world of goodness and righteousness and truth is not actually Yehovah's will as it is written in the words of Scripture. For this, you can see the following references. Isaiah 65:17. For behold, I create a new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Isaiah 66:22. For as the new heaven and new earth which I will make shall remain before me, says Jehovah, so shall your descendants or your seed and your name remain. Second Peter 3.13, as we are looking for and hastening the coming of the day of Elohim or God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Revelation 21.1, Now I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea, which I believe is understood to mean chaos and conflict. The biblical record states clearly that this present heaven and earth will be destroyed and replaced with something greater and more perfect, eternal and righteous. Knowing this, we must not allow ourselves to be conned or deceived with any program that markets the idea that collectively we can clean up ourselves and our world, you know, kind of like... um, 
owning a new oven that has a built-in self-cleaning feature. Because it is not Jehovah's will that we can clean up the world by our collective unified efforts. I don't see that in Scripture. According to the word of Jehovah, we are not able nor in a position to elevate mankind's so-called internal innate good over what is in reality a baked-in predisposition towards evil. When we come into this world, I am sorry to say that we are not good. We possess a baked-in corruption that will naturally afflict us from cradle to grave. As much as we would like to do pure good, it cannot be accomplished by anyone anywhere on planet Earth, no matter how hard one tries. Why is this? Because the written word of Scripture tells us that in order to accomplish this lofty ideal, it requires a divine spiritual regeneration of the heart and a physical resurrection into a new body. That is, for each of us, a new inner and outer man, period. Psalm 139, verses 15 through 16, which extols the magnificence of the human creation, is truly an honest assessment of who we really are in our physical state of fallen humanity. The psalmist writes, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Notice, we were wrought, or woven, or embroidered in the lowest parts of the earth. In other words, We are not bundles of stardust from heaven. With conception, we are made in the cadaverous lowest parts of the earth, and in the end, this corrupted flesh will return to that place from which it came. Thus, we can see from Psalm 139, verse 16, that what awaits all of us is the curse of death, not the joy of eternal life. As it is written, and in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. We know from the Genesis creation story that mankind's nature is an inheritance that was passed down from Adam and Eve when they fell from their glory in the Garden of Eden. So as I read the words of Scripture... Any idea that teaches and promotes the self-repair of mankind, the building of a new oneness of man, and a repair of the creation to become a new world of this age, all of this is what Jehovah defines as having pleasure in unrighteousness. Once again, amongst all the family of man who are seeking a do-it-yourself righteousness, these are people who have become deceived, as it says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 11-12. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie 
that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is the precise ideology that forms the foundation for the understanding of what the mark of the beast is all about in Revelation 13:18. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. Helping us to understand this great deception, I want us to look carefully at how Revelation 13.11 frames the context. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. In other words, promoting the unification of all humankind, eradicating and fixing the world's badness, and renovating man's baked-in proclivity towards evil by embracing loads of positive philosophy and thinking. All of this is the outward appearance of what looks like a lamb or sounds like a lamb, but in reality is the language of the dragon. This should give you an idea of what Yeshua meant when he spoke about it in Matthew 7.15, that of false prophets who come as a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is the pervading spirit of the false prophet, or what the Greek language calls the spirit of the 666 Antichrist. Now, listen to these additional words as spoken by Yeshua. Matthew 24 23 through 26. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or, look, he's in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. To avoid becoming deceived into joining with and entering into mankind's efforts towards a do-it-yourself salvation program and thinking that all of us can become one in a one-world religious system, it is all self-serving. We must pay attention, careful attention, to what is being marketed to all of us and to what is even now being handed down to us on a silver platter, essentially as food for the soul. I am speaking about the world of the dragon's language through the international global media channels of music, TV, film, books, you know, and so much more. We need to be selective and careful as to what we are reading and watching and listening to, as we regularly will find ourselves getting bombarded with the empty philosophies and lies of mankind disguised and peddled as truth. Now, I want to give you a few examples to drive this point home. I'm going to play for you snippets of songs that I know many of you know and will likely relate to. As you listen, keep in mind that the music and the performances are notably exquisite 
and the melodies are beautiful to the ears. In other words, they come across lamb-like. But the lyrical content of the songs are designed to lead all humanity into destruction because it is all Revelation 1311 dragon talk. So, I would say even though we might enjoy reading and listening to lots of different books and music and watching lots of different uh, films, just be discerning and careful about what you allow yourself to accept and believe as absolute truth. Here is the song, We Are the World, from the performance of USA for Africa. There comes a time when we heed a certain call when the world must come together as one there are people dying oh when it's time to lend a hand to life the greatest gift of all we can't go on pretending day by that someone somewhere will soon make a change We all a part of God's great big family And the truth, you know love is all we personally love the music and the song's performance. We are the world, we are the children, we are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. There's a choice we're making. We're saving our own lives. It's true. We'll make a better day. Just you and me. It feels so good. But the lyrical content is unrighteous. Here's another stunning and marvelous feel-good song, I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing, written and performed by the Hillside Singers of America in 1971. I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow-white turtle doves. Teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. I'd like to hold it in my arms and keep it company. I'd like to see the world for once all stand in hand in hand in hand and hear the echo through the hills for peace throughout the Wow, it feels so incredibly good, doesn't it? Whilst the music draws us in, the lyrical content is pure dragon talk as it promotes a lie that humankind can collectively repair the world. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. 
It's a song that leads mankind towards destruction. Let's begin today. Here is yet another one of these many types of feel-good songs. This is Together We Can Change the World, written by songwriter Mark Shepard. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I believe it's not too late. Together we can change the Songwriter Mark Shepard is clearly quite talented, for which he actually earned a Posse Award or a Positive Music Award for his song. Together We Can Change the World is innocently sung literally around the world by people of all ages and among school choruses of all ages, and yes, even sung by the little kiddos at home for the video cameras of proud parents. However, the not-so-easily-forgotten lyrics are leaving an unforgettable mark of destruction on tomorrow's generation of today's men and women, boys and girls, who are quite unknowingly singing the mantra of the New World Order. However, it will never be like what these lyrics suppose through man's collective hard work and self-determination that somehow we can save the world and save ourselves. It is not possible according to Yehovah. Of course, we would all like to think that it is possible, but from Yehovah's viewpoint, the world cannot be repaired and we cannot save ourselves. Once again, let us remember 2 Peter 3.13, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of Elohim or God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The only righteousness or justness that I know of is the justness that is found in Messiah Yeshua, Yehovah's Son of Righteousness, who came to preserve man through his redemptive two deaths through the cross and his third day resurrection from out of the second death. This is why the New Testament writer Paul dedicated so much of his written work to the theme of crosstalk involving Yeshua's death and resurrection.
writes so boldly in Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our master Yeshua HaMashiach, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We'll come back after the break. You are listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-20. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Once again, here's your host, Avi Ben Mordechai. Okay, welcome back to Real Israel Talk Radio. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai. We're going to be talking about what I believe to be the truthful foundation to understand the principle of the mark of the beast from Revelation 13.18. Let's continue where we left off. The only genuine feel-good truth that is out there is the music and lyrical content of the world to come. In Hebrew, the Olam Haba, to be performed by Yehovah's redeemed people who will forever proclaim his faithfulness in giving us the gift of Messiah Yeshua. work through his Roman execution cross did for us and for the natural world what mankind could never do for itself regardless of his unification and collective determination that I can change the world. Hallelujah, I'm the glory. Hallelujah, amen. amen. Hallelujah, I'm the glory. Revive us again. Now, what's interesting is the published work of 19th century German philosopher George Frederick Hegel, who in 1807 put forth his exclusive Illuminist agenda through his notion called Phenomenology of Spirit, 
giving way to Hegelian dialectics. Now, this is a term used to describe a method of philosophical argumentation that involves a strange, contradictory, argumentative process between two opposing sides. Let's talk about this because it precisely relates to what's going on in our world today, especially as a forerunner to announce the coming of the mark of the beast in Revelation 13:18. Again, to understand the mark of the beast, let's regress back just a few verses and look at Revelation 13:13. 13, 13. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth. Once again, let's compare this to Matthew 24, 4. Yeshua answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Fraud and deception are big business in the worlds of finance, the military-industrial complex, global entertainment, and politics. For the world of finance, deception is the name of the game through the banking system's straw man. For the military-industrial complex, deception is the core message from the playbook The Art of War by the 4th century BCE military strategist Sun Tzu. For global entertainment, deception is threaded into the fabric of television, film, and print media by the American government's agency of secrecy, the CIA, among others, all controlled through what can aptly be called Jesuit theater. Finally, in politics, deception is a primary philosophy understood and well used by a secret society of global elites. These shadowy people work their magic through a clever application of Hegelian dialectics. This is a method of philosophical argument and counterargument named after the 19th century German philosopher Hegel. Basically, the global elite use Hegelian dialectics as a means to an end by creating global conflicts and then managing what they created. These people function through the power of the spirit of the anti-Messiah, or in Greek, the Antichrist, who is in the world today through his spirit. However, I believe soon we will meet him in the flesh. Essentially, Hegelian dialectics works like this. One, identify a goal. Let's say world control. Two, create a thesis, meaning a pro-argument, which is then funded and managed through a group of specially selected people. Three, create an antithesis, meaning a counter-argument of opposition or contradiction which is then also funded and managed by the very same people through a group of specially selected individuals that they choose on the opposite side. Four, rubbed together, these two create a conflict of thesis versus antithesis, or antithesis against thesis, using specialized Hegelian philosophical argumentation principles. 5. The chaos that emerges from the rubbing together of 
thesis against antithesis and vice versa is then further stoked and kept alive as it burns hotter and hotter until such a time that the intermediate or final goal of the conflict is achieved. 6. The final solution that ends the unceasing circular arguments or conflicts is then called synthesis. The answer for thesis and antithesis as both sides are played in order to arrive at a predetermined goal with a new history that will be written. Again, both sides, thesis and antithesis, have the same management team, but may or may not necessarily know that this is the case. This is Hegelian dialectics with its ultimate objective to bring two opposing ideologies into conflict or argument so that they will fight each other for socio-political dominance. Eventually, with the conflict at its peak, both sides will seek for a solution to win the argument or the conflict and the operators of all the deception will bring in their answer to achieve a final goal that the creators of the conflict had already predetermined. Now, if you want to see a great example of all of this, just listen carefully to the talk of today's global leaders who are now practically begging for a one-world global government and leader to come and solve all the world's economic, environmental, and social chaos problems that have emerged particularly from out of the 2020 so-called viral pandemic. Many leaders are now, in fact, clamoring for help. It's in the news headlines everywhere today. Yes, folks, he's coming, an anti-Messiah or antichrist, and his government will be in the new world order. Watch for it. It's not so far away now. In the case of what we are seeing now, beginning with the year 2020, it's all filled with a Pandora's box of global goodies that are driving the populations of the world into great anxiety and fear. For example, back in early January of 2017, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Anthony Fauci, gave a near one-hour speech at Georgetown University, that's a Jesuit institution, foreseeing that the new Trump administration at that time would face challenges with infectious diseases. When he said, quote, we will definitely get surprised in the next few years. The question remains, was he speaking matter-of-factly based on historical precedents with previous infectious diseases? Or was his speech laced with some secret wink-of-the-eye portents that perhaps he might have some insider information? Certainly, we will never know from our vantage point. But for sure, Mr. Fauci's statements about a coming viral pandemic surprise for the Trump administration made more than once during his full speech did raise a few eyebrows of intrigue among many journalists. Following this, 
in October 2019, there was in reality a full-on practice-run virus pandemic, strangely involving a novel coronavirus global outbreak referred to as Event 201 or Event 201 sponsored by the World Economic Forum in partnership with the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Folks, my point is this. The year 2020 has now globally produced for us a meltdown of global finance, resulting in a crash of the global economy. The ripples of all this are now contributing towards world food shortages, creating an agenda of social distancing to disrupt unity with continued worries and fears of getting too close to one another with touches and hugs and handshakes, the making of global lockdowns for entire countries, the pandering of anxiety and fear for millions of people who are facing job losses and business closures, heated argumentative battles over mandatory vaccinations in order to give the masses reasons to feel that they can be safe from others, the implementation of digital certificates as money for all using a new human RFID chipping system to replace all that filthy circulating cash that the global operators are saying can transmit bacterial and viral illnesses one to another. Unending arguments for and against a new internet collection and transmission system referred to as 5G which many in the antithesis or antithesis camp are regularly saying is nothing more than a military-grade weapon system, whilst others are calling it a global surveillance system. Concerns about overreaching governments and a health system that is troubled about the strong possibility of reemergence regarding the same or a new and revised wave of virus pandemic, or perhaps something a little bit different in the way that it has already mutated. The list goes on and on, and frankly, all of this appears to be a global creation of conflict from some clever people in some very high places that are using the essence of Hegelian dialectics as they seek to manage the conflicts that they have created. In the end, it's all part of an inflamed and planned chaos, processed through a shadowy, independent, and very wealthy group of operators playing the philosophical Hegelian dialectics deception game, according to a predetermined plan and a pre-written playbook. So I ask, how can you know if what I'm speaking about is the truth? Perhaps I have been deceived into believing a lot of so-called conspiracy theory. Regardless, I cannot say that I have definitive proof that I am right or wrong about all that I'm speaking of, but for sure, there are some very strange coincidences and signs that are pointing us all towards some high-level conspiracies or what appear to be so. If all or much of what I'm saying is in fact true, then we need to pay close, 
careful attention to all of the events, the conflicts, the arguments, thesis and antithesis, or thesis and antithesis, that are daily unfolding all around us at near lightning speed. As I have previously said, the real truth is found in Yeshua's statement from Matthew 24, 24. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, that is, the chosen. False messiahs or false antichrists and false prophets will, in fact, try to deceive us? Really? Yes, really. So therefore, I ask biblically and hebraically, how can we know if we are all a bunch of pushovers into becoming deceived at any level? And furthermore, what does this mean so that we can avoid being potentially drawn into the talk of these coming false messiahs and false prophets that Yeshua warned us about in his day? Actually, I think the answer is quite simple as it comes from Matthew 27, 42 through 45. Two men were on an execution tree along with Yeshua. There were many gathered for that event, watching it from the sidelines. And they were all saying, He saved others? (laughs) Himself he cannot save? If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God? Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Even the other two men on the execution tree with Yeshua, even they who were crucified with him, reviled him with the same thing. And then Mark 15.30. All of the people, including those on the execution stake with Yeshua, were saying, Save yourself and come down from the cross. The key that opens up our eyes as to how to avoid becoming deceived in this life is in whether we choose to believe that we can, in fact, save ourselves or choose to accept that we cannot save ourselves on any level, meaning we must rely on the salvation that Jehovah has provided and continues to provide through the actions of Messiah Yeshua. This save ourselves mantra is the primary doctrine promoted by the world and by those who are seeking to control the world. Those are the specialists of the Hegelian dialectics argumentation principle. The enemy's use of the Hegelian dialectic of contradictions and arguments will likely confuse everything according to the principle found in Isaiah 5, 20-23. Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil, who put darkness for light, and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. This is why Yeshua said the following to the operators of the kingdom of Nachash in his day. Matthew 23:13 Woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for you neither go in yourselves 
nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So I say watch carefully concerning all of today's global events. Pay attention to the words of the global players and all of their global actions. Listen to what they say and watch what they do as they play both sides of the conflicts that you are listening to and watching of the newspapers, of radio, and of television. They're using the same playbook, which is the rule book of those who are working towards establishing the new world order kingdom of their master. You will know them by their fruits, as Yeshua said in Matthew seven sixteen through 20. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. This is a reference to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadato Virah. That is the tree we used to eat from before we were redeemed. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So briefly, I would like to draw your attention to some of the theological fruit that all of us should be able to identify as either bad or good, whether the messianic narrative is bad, according to the false messiah or antichrist, or good, according to the true messiah, the light of the world. You need to look for these things, a replacement of the true king, Is he like Israel's King Saul, which is bad? Or is he like Israel's King David, who is good? There's going to be a replacement of a kingdom. Is this world or is this age supposed to be a world of peace, prosperity, and harmony right now? That is, a Garden of Eden on earth. Or is this world or this age supposed to be destroyed and rebuilt by the true king when his true kingdom comes later. I say, the bad fruit is the false messiah's narrative that says we can have it all now. You need to look for a replacement of the law or the Torah regarding Jehovah's authority. So in looking around out here amongst all of the events that are happening, you need to ask yourself the question, will the true king uphold and live by the word of the Torah, that is, Jehovah's law for his gain and glory? Or will the narrative that you're listening to destroy, twist, or corrupt the Torah or the law? Then it's the bad fruit of the kingdom of the serpent, the Nahash, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We are merely passing through as pilgrims in this world, my friends. All of the faithful among the ancients who were waiting and looking for a land that they did not, nor could they find in this world, is going to come one day. 
we too should recognize and do the same like them. We are looking for a king and a kingdom and a city and a land and a people and a nation that comes from above, that's born first from above and then brings the kingdom to the earth with Yeshua, our Messiah. And when things really start heating up and getting really rough and tough, the word of Yehovah thus says to us, look up for your redemption draws near. When we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the unique telltale signs of how to specifically identify the deceptions and the trickery that the serpent is using through the operators of this world in order to confuse the whole world, and especially, if possible, to confuse you and I, who are members of the household of Yeshua's messianic faith. This is the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio with Avi ben Mordechai. If you wish to stay up to date with coming home news and information, simply register your email address with us on our website, cominghome.co.il. From time to time, we hope to answer questions and comments from our podcast listeners. So if you have a comment or a question, send us an email address to questions at cominghome.co.il. Again, questions at cominghome.co.il. And when you send us a question, please tell us your first name and where you're from. This podcast was brought to you by the Outreach Ministry of Coming Home www.cominghome.co.il Yah willing, we'll see you next time for Ancient Roads. Real Israel, talk radio.